1918, baseball reduced its upcoming season by one month because of the impact of World War I on team rosters. The World Series that year was played in September rather than October. During the spring, a military doctor at Fort Riley in Kansas discovered that soldiers returning from Europe were coming down with an aggressive form of influenza. What eventually became known as the Spanish flu had already become an epidemic in Europe and soon would become a pandemic. It would cause 6 million deaths worldwide and 675,000 deaths in the United States. By the beginning of the 1918 baseball season, the Boston Red Sox noted that several of their players were suffering from flu-like symptoms, including their young star, Babe Ruth. When Ruth's condition deteriorated and he became violently ill, he was hospitalized and placed in intensive care. While reports in the Boston newspapers claimed that Ruth was on his deathbed, he recovered and returned to the Red Sox on May 15th. He went on to become one of the stars in the Red Sox victory over the Chicago Cubs in the 1918 World Series. Baseball was fortunate that the 1918 World Series was played in early September because later that month there was an outbreak of the Spanish flu along the eastern seaboard. Philadelphia held a major parade in late September with dire results. Within six weeks, 12,000 people in Philadelphia had died of the Spanish flu. Boston also paid a severe price. By the end of the year, there were 4,800 deaths in Boston directly related to the epidemic. Some of the victims may well have attended the World Series. While the baseball season narrowly escaped a major outbreak, the Spanish flu forced college football teams to cancel games through October when the Student Army Training Corps, responsible for training college students for the military, prohibited football players from leaving campus. The quarantine was lifted in November when the outbreak momentarily subsided, but by then the college football season had been reduced to five games. There were no polls or playoff rounds to decide a national championship in those days, but Princeton's head football coach, Bill Roper, came up with the idea of a dream game to benefit the United War Work Fund between two of the nation's most powerful teams. The teams that eventually agreed to play the game were the University of Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech. Coached by the legendary John Heisman, whose name appears on the trophy given annually to college football's top player, Georgia Tech was averaging nearly 90 points per game. Two years earlier, Georgia Tech had defeated Cumberland 222 to nothing in the most lopsided game in college football history. From 1904 to 1919, Heisman was the coach for Georgia Tech, and every college football coach that followed owes John Heisman a debt of gratitude. Not because he fought to legalize the forward pass, not because he developed the center snap, or even because he pioneered the pulling guard. The debt is owed because John Heisman became the first college football coach ever to get paid to coach football. Pitt was coached by Glenn Pop Warner, one of the greatest innovators in college football history. Warner, whose name now graces youth football leagues around the country, had not lost a game since he began coaching at Pitt in 1914. His teams were widely regarded as the best in college football in that span. Pop Warner was a football genius whose innovations included both the single and the double wing running attacks. In his first four years at Pitt, Pop's teams would lose only one game, running up a 29 and one record. Three of those years, the Panthers were hailed as national champions. 
you had such great respect for Pop Warner that you, you wanted to give him the best you had on every play. And that's a great asset. He was uh, warm, affectionate, but aloof to the extent that you respected him for what he knew. We played for Pop because we held him in such high respect. The dream game, played at Ford's Field in Pittsburgh on November 23, 1918, was attended by over 30,000 fans, the largest crowd to attend a college football game in Pennsylvania. The dream game, however, turned out to be a nightmare for Georgia Tech, sparked by two touchdowns on long punt returns and a defense that held the Vaughn Georgia Tech offense to four first downs, Pitt romped to a 32-0 victory and was proclaimed by the national press as one of the greatest teams in college football history. In early 1919, there was another outbreak of the Spanish flu, but it didn't have a major impact on the baseball season. The only virus that infected baseball in 1919 took the form of gamblers who bribed eight White Sox to fix the World Series. College football teams played their full schedule in 1919, though the Rose Bowl, for the second straight year, hosted two military service teams rather than the country's best college teams. A year later, 11 independent football teams met in Canton, Ohio, and at the urging of the legendary George Hallis, formed what became the National Football League. Its 100th year anniversary now threatened by our current pandemic. For WSIU Radio, this is Pete Peterson.